Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. The Justice Department has a suite of missions, starting from when it investigates a person, then indicting, trying, incarcerating, and finally paroling them. Justice has a sprawling information technology infrastructure to support it all. I spoke with Melinda Rogers, Justice's Deputy Chief Information Officer. In Part 1, Rogers discusses her approach to the crucial challenges of IT and cybersecurity talent management. Tom, yes, I have been very active in the recruitment area, and I don't think I'm alone, uh, especially in Metro D.C., Uh, For what it's worth, my observation is the job market in this area is extremely tight. Dare I say, the unemployment rate is probably at zero or maybe even negative. I was just talking to the program manager of one of the contracting firms that support the Department of Justice the other day, and uh, having to deal with staff turnover is a a constant challenge we are uh, dealing with. I think in terms of recruitment, what I've personally done is a couple of things. One is I actively pursue candidates in any forum I'm in, whether it's in a meeting with a vendor about a specific product or service, whether it's working on site with a contractor firm, whether it's going going to a conference, whoever I cross paths with, one of the first things I look at is I look at this candidate to see if this is a potential fit at the Department of Justice. Do they have an interest in joining our organization? And is there a potential value add where I can offer this candidate an interesting opportunity to focus on the mission, and they can offer, uh, hopefully, a talent that we don't currently have. So it's a constant uh, nonstop venture for me. And do you find that the need for talent and the talent shortage and the competition extends beyond just the cybersecurity realm, which is part of your portfolio, but to the general technology activity? No doubt. No doubt. Uh, it's, it's holistic. Cybersecurity is one element of IT management. In order to be a, an effective cybersecurity professional, ideally you know the nuts and bolts of how an IT infrastructure needs to come together, what the architecture design should look like so that you can then provide the value-added perspective of how do you then protect that information. So it's the full spectrum. So when I talked about the uh, challenges of recruiting just now, uh, what I really had in mind is the full spectrum. And if you think about it, it's not just the IT professionals to ensure the service delivery and availability coupled with the cybersecurity protection element, but we also need effective professionals to help us with the contracting and procurement element. These individuals are not just there to write a contract, but they have to understand what types of software services are we buying as a federal government, what types of hardware or cloud services are we purchasing. We also need money managers to help us effectively manage the IT budget, because invariably with IT, it's it's very easy to be attracted by the next shiny new toy. And before you know it, we have a ballooning IT budget, which we don't want to have. So how do you have an effective money manager in place to um, pair them with the IT professional for overall IT organization and data management, for cybersecurity management, and for contracts management? So really, it's all those elements coming together. Sure. So in the hiring realm, you have to think about the Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act, or FATARA, considerations, which bring IT and finance together. Yes, absolutely. That's critical. And and we work very closely with our uh, procurement counterparts. And um, it's, it's a hand-to-hand combat, day in and day out, where we're constantly looking at New contract, uh, new contracts to put in place, or expiring contracts that we might want to repurpose, or look at how do we restructure differently. And especially as more agencies, including the Department of Justice, look at leveraging cloud services, 
it is shifting the types of personnel we need on staff. We no longer are as focused on managing hardware on site, right? So we need to recruit for different people. The people we will be recruiting for are going to be more focused on, or we need them to be more focused on the business element, understanding the business structure. Yeah, especially in this cloud era, that's as much a business framework challenge as it is a technology challenge. Absolutely, Tom. And it's knowing how do you negotiate with the cloud service providers um, in terms of what does the government need to have? Where do we need to have control? Where does our control stop? If the cloud service providers ultimately provide the infrastructure, as an example, we need to know then if we can't directly affect the security controls at those underlying layers, then we need to put those into contract terms to make sure that our vendors are doing what they need to do. But we then also are responsible to know where our responsibilities begin, because those vendors will also tell us we will only manage up to a certain point in the security stack. The rest is up to you. Sure. It's easy to not hear that and think, oh, we've outsourced this to X, Y, and Z company. No, we only outsourced one portion of it. The rest we are still accountable for. It's like the child in the pool. If everybody's watching it, then nobody's watching. Precisely. Sure. And what have been some successful strategies for getting people to come into justice? with the types of up-to-date skills that you do need? So a couple of things. I think one one of the benefits I have in being a part of the Department of Justice is the mission that we're involved in. It's really the, all the elements of law enforcement, prosecution, um, and incarceration, and actually post-incarceration U.S. parole. We have a parole commission office that Soup obviously- Soup to nuts, you might say. Full life cycle management, yes. Uh, but I think we, we have, um, from a government perspective, any prospective new candidate that comes in, they will have the opportunity to see a large organization at play, a complex organization, having to work with different tools. If one were, if a candidate were to work for a particular company, chances are that person will be limited to the features and functionality or the products of that one company. Whereas if you come for work for the government uh, at the Department of Justice, you see the full spectrum. So that's one of the key benefits I am able to offer the candidates. And that's why I think a lot of our folks have uh, stuck around as well, notwithstanding the incredibly tight job market, is that we do have a very interesting mission. If nothing else, it's a great resume builder. And at that point when they're ready to go, hopefully we have good uh, a recruitment pipeline in place as well. Then it's a it's a good way for I for myself to set up these candidates for success for later careers. And in the meantime, they've uh, contributed to the mission as well. So it's mission and mobility of career. Yes, combined. absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the key things that um, I have come to accept is knowing that there is going to be turnover. So as a manager and as a hiring professional, you need to know that the turnover is inevitable. So how does one go about making sure that you recruit the right candidates with the right skill sets that you need at this point in time? You give them the development opportunity, but you also get the value that you need to support your mission, but constantly have a lookout for the pipeline of candidates coming back in behind them because it's inevitable that they will roll out. I I personally like the... uh, the ability to say, while I've supported these individuals coming into the department, getting great experiences, we were able to launch interesting projects, deliver successes for the department, they leave. I, I've had stories where they've, I've been able to bring them back. So I think that's a testament to our mission being interesting, important, and uh, value-added. So it's not just about the money, but it's about what they do and what makes them feel good at the end of the day. We're speaking with Melinda Rogers, the Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Justice Department. And we mentioned and touched on cybersecurity a few minutes ago. And if you would, 
maybe elaborate on the strategies that you have in place now for some of these technology programs, in particular, continuous diagnostics and mitigation, the trusted Internet connection. What's going on at Justice in those uh, branches? Absolutely. Uh, at the Department of Justice, we were actually one of the first uh, supporters of DHS's CDM program. It's a procurement program, and actually today it is led by a gentleman who came from the Department of Justice. So it's good to have uh, somebody who came from your department who's now at DHS. Who There's that mobility it. for you. There you go. Exactly. So it works out well. We continue to leverage the CDM program for our cybersecurity needs. When the program was first launched about six years ago, the first phase was focused on asset management. DOJ at the time already had a good, robust asset management program in place, but we continue to use the CDM program to help us fill in the gaps where we didn't have full coverage. So we were able to still extract value from CDM from that perspective. Uh, we are all in on phase two, which is the identity management portion, still very much underway. We have over 160,000 employees and contractors and we are heavily counting on this identity management piece of the CDM program to help us establish a good inventory of individuals working at the Department of Justice from a who is accessing your network perspective. Melinda Rogers, Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Justice Department. Tomorrow in Part 2, Rogers goes deeper into some of the cyber issues like identity management and how the departmental CIO deals with the bureau and agency IT hierarchies. We'll post the interview in its entirety at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Still to come on Federal News Radio, the Census Bureau waits in suspense while Mommy and Daddy argue over whether to leave in a controversial decennial count question. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.